Welcome back to Oppressed by Sun. Last week, our heroes defeated an Aboleth, saved a Narwhal, and earned the gratitude of Orgenthal, the Leviathan that guards the underwater paradise of Lethal Spear. This week, they are back at the Airheads Resort, talking to Sophia Redcoral about a wedding that is set to determine the future of Lethal Spear. Our heroes are questioning Sophia about Terence Reforge's real goal when she presents them a new proposal. Episode 13, An Embedded Spy. Uh, Mr. Reforge certainly intended for you to succeed. Anyone, um, anyone of your means should have s- certain abilities. I could have easily killed the whale, but it would have been wrong. The whale, the whale is a fucking guardian and a healer. She was under the influence of a demon. The Leviathan was grateful that we saved the whale. What are, you, what are your priorities? My priorities are stopping Swiftcurt. Tell us how we can help you do that. Surely there must be another way other than poaching. Perhaps we can we can disrupt the wedding. Hey, I can do that. Can, yeah, I, I, can, I can help with that if you want. Sounds kind of risky, but what the hell? Jennifer and Israel in disguise have already spent a day shopping with the bride. And Cephelia says, I hear you've made good friends with the bride. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I put on my costume of, like, a girl, roughly Jennifer. Like, yeah, we're great friends. If the bride were to wander over to the Airheads Resort, she might accidentally step in a portal that would take her far away from here. Do you know how to modify memory? Because I don't. I do. Well, then I think we can handle this. We can get her here. She's not a magic user, right? She's just a mundane um, lady. Okay. Did she just, like, shunt this, like, pleasant, boring girl into another dimension? That sounds awful. With no end? Like, you didn't want to kill a narwhal, like... Here's what's gonna happen. Argyle's gonna win this girl over, and he's gonna have a new bride. It's That's gonna be exactly awesome. what I was gonna say. I was like, now I don't have to deal with Argyle or her. And I'll be happy together. And it's a political marriage, and she'll be much happier with him because he's a good-looking douchebag. Sounds like a plan. All right. I'll so shall Jennifer and I go and retrieve? So you guys are going to kidnap an innocent girl? We're going to trick her into coming. Send her into a, into slavery. Hope that she gets uh, whatever that syndrome is. Stockholm Syndrome. Wait a minute. Listen, hey, it's a classic Beauty and the Beast story. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. We already know that she's not intent on marrying this guy she's betrothed to anyway. In fact, it, it's more of a prison to be married to this douchebag than to be locked up with it's Lord Fabio. <laughs> it's all about how you frame it. We just gotta sell it once we get there. And Argyle will be good at that. We should send him a note. Okay, so you guys head out the next day, and again, it's just it's shopping and spa time. All right, and I'm Jennifer's friend girl again. I'm Alexander Delizia. I'm right. there. I'm the wing. I'm girl. Okay, so uh, you guys are, are out during the day, and uh, you you find a moment where the rest of her friends are downstairs while you guys are getting your feet rubbed uh, in a in a prestigious uh, spa. I, I ask her. I say, so the, uh, the wedding. I know you're I know you're nervous about it. She rolls her eyes. I, I have no choice. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, kind of a squirmy dude. Not like, not like um, this guy I met back over in my uh, territory where I'm from. Tell me about him. Uh, his name is Lord Argyle. He's um, handsome. He's, he's, he's tall. He's a tall gentleman. Oh. Very uh, powerful warrior. 
Slain Vinny. I look around to make sure no one's looking. I cast Minor Illusion to show her a picture of his face. Ooh. Like wow. that. He looks like that. Yeah, that's, that's, um, in fact, that was a human. How exotic. Is she like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Beckett, Beckett. Argyle Manor, there's this massive tower. I mean, his family ruled there for a thousand years? I don't know how old their lineage goes, but he's the only only uh, Argyle inheritor. It's really too bad that he's there all alone. That does seem sad. Such, such a handsome gentleman, but why didn't you have jumped on that? I don't like sitting in one place. I'm nobody's man. Hey, Never show, me, show me his face again. Alright, show us So he's a half-elf. Yeah. Yes, he is. Oh, cool. His I, mother's quite His ears are pointed like though. this, and I make my ears pointed for a second. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a half elf. Why don't uh, Why don't we take you and go introduce you? I know you know this guy. Can we come back? We can come back, right? If well, we, if you leave, I don't know. If, you know, you'll be able to look at this guy you're supposed to marry is a bad dude. If you want out of this, we're gonna have to do this quietly. Yeah. All right. So we'll roll that twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. <laughs> she says. He has a teleportation circle, right? I mean, any, any self-respecting rich yes. guy. We oh, go. Well, then I'd be able to get back. Why don't we go now? Okay, let's go now. Let's go. Uh, she says, let's go before the other girls get back. Yeah, but tell, tell them Xandria and I are getting a special head massage. We won't be back for hours. They can just uh, have fun on their own. After they leave, I disguise myself as her. Okay. And you guys, I, I where do you leave? Where do you, you cast invisibility. Okay, so you pass her friends as they're going back, and she's like, she almost giggles, but like the friends aren't really like looking. Right. <laughs> uh, so, hey um, guys, wineries next if we want to go there. Okay, so they they go with you, and we go to the winery. Okay, and make sure that we we're drinking we're drinking the wine, we're having a good time. I excuse myself at some point. So you make sure you're seen by like the bartenders and stuff oh, yeah, downstairs. Yeah, we're not hiding out. I'm making sure that this is the where the last place she was seen. Okay. Meanwhile, you see a, a tall uh, a sea elf gentleman flanked by uh, an entourage of, of what appear to be bodyguards uh, to the bartender. Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to meet somebody? I was told to come here? I, I was supposed to meet somebody? The bartender says, oh, yes, Mr. Trident. Uh, right in here, uh, she seemed very confused. Like, as you were, like, walking As I'm walking out, yeah. as, like, a, the waiter or something. Exandria and, uh, and, and, and the rare current bride head back invisibly to the Airheads Resort. Correct. Uh, upon arrival at the Airheads Resort, you see that Sophilia, like as soon as you appro- as soon as you are near, Sophilia uh, opens a door for you, and you as you walk in, you find yourself not in the uh, foyer, but instead in a in the smaller teleportation room, and the teleportation circle is already activated. Uh, but Sophilia says to you, um, I, I've already gone. Made some discussions, had a little uh, informal chat with Mr. Argyle and uh, and Miss Remy. I've already set up a saltwater tank um, and some ever some other uh, essentials. Inside check sixteen. She is apparently telling the truth. Uh, Miss Rarecurrent, it is an honor. And she she says I've set up the teleportation circle for you. And she lights the last rune, and the, and the teleportation circle begins to swirl. She says if you if you would. And she motions for Rarecurrent to go in. Rarecurrent looks back at you with like a little pensively, and I'm, you know, I'm walking. Okay. And then she like, and then she like, steals herself and just like walks right through. Sophia closes the port. She pats you on the shoulder, Jennifer. She says, "Don't worry, honey. This is gonna be fine." I was supposed to go through and make it seem like it wasn't just a sex trade. Yeah. What did you tell Lloyd? At this point, Sophia 
avoids their questions and encourages them to keep their heads down. She will not be back in two days. I have their shirts. She was definitely seen at the winery last. Thank you for sending uh, Trident. You saw Trident? I did. I wonderful, saw it. wonderful. In exchange for helping Sophilia blow up the wedding, Sophilia agreed to open a portal to the Paradise Realm so that Ismene the Pixie could go home. Ismene is, uh, pops up again, as you guys uh, didn't know that she was here. Um, and Sophilia this time seems surprised and says, Pixie, I told you to stay in the room. Uh, and Ismene says, Well, nay, I will go there alone, and I, if the veil can be broken, I will have the Lady in White contact you. You do not need to come. Sophilia goes about the hard work of opening a gate to the Paradise Realm, which has somehow been magically divided and isolated from Herrick Prime, where our heroes reside. When the gate opens, Israfel gets a long-awaited opportunity to talk to his warlock patron once more. You get a, a clear uh, connection with the Lady in White, and she says to you, My child, you have returned to the realm of the living. That is wonderful news. Congratulations. It's been a ride, as you well know. Stay there. Do not come to here as we are cut off from the rest of the world. It seems that our enemies in your living realm have found a way to isolate the paradise. A member of our group, a friend of mine since childhood, is interested in contacting. The possibility has been brought up that she's a spy of the sun, but I find that unlikely. Are you interested in meeting or contacting? This is the girl, the Jennifer? Yes. The one they call Jennifer? Yes, who I travel with. Who says she is an agent of the sun? Arturus, uh, an elf here named Arturus Finn. Yeah. I, shall, I shall consider it. Ismi just beelines into the uh, into the blue into oh. the blue dot. Bye, everyone. Uh, she 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 winks at you, Jennifer. This time with a little like blown kiss. She uh, disappears into the uh, portal. As she does, the portal disappears, and your connection is broken as well. And it's not long after that that the butler arrives and says, "Um, uh, hello. You guys have a visitor, uh, Mr. Uh, Lord Fendi." We're expecting him. <laughs> uh, he arrives, and he has his entourage, his two disciplined-looking uh, elves that stand, uh, that enter the room first, look around, uh, and he immediately appears behind them. He walks in, and the first thing he does, Varian, is he locates you, um, and he extends a hand. He says, it's good to see you again, brother. All right, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take his hand. Uh, Master, Master Varian, last time we talked about uh, the, the, the Grand Custodian, Mr. Zerwin, Ah, uh, yes. Yes, the Fendi court has an interest in opening a line of communication with Mr. with the custodian, and you may be a, an appropriate agent for that. It's been some time since I've uh, spoken to you, but I'm listening. Come with me to the forest. We shall first go to the Fendi court and have a proper introduction. Mumu, you notice as well that the guards, they're watching uh, Jennifer with a very... Mm, standoffish sort of uh, feel. Of course, he walks over to you, Jennifer, and gives you a, a, a handshake and, and, a, and a head nod, and says, of course, uh, uh, Miss, Miss Leafree, uh, with your invitation to the court, you, you shall be the guest of honor. I can't wait to see how you treat your guests of honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, Varian and the others are eager to visit the forest. Jennifer has her doubts. After Arturius leaves, she expresses her reservations. 
into this. I feel like we have just a bunch of enemies on the other side of this elven wall. We gotta, we gotta go there sometime. We do. I don't know about going with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> do we have any guarantee that they're not just gonna cut our throats like as soon as we're out of the portal? Nope. Nope. Uh, that makes me think maybe we should... While the others debate, Mumu slips out to talk to Sophilia. Be- because of our uh, strong relationship, I will offer you this piece of advice. Mr. Fendi is an honorable man, but he seems to have reservations about certain members of your party. I would say this, it has come to my attention that Mr. Fendi went out of his way to meet with the Grey Fear. He is undoubtedly here to make allies and will not do anything to upset the Grey Fear. Hmm. Interesting. Excellent. That does not mean, however, that he might not take some action against those he deems dangerous. If he has any intuition that you will stand beside her, he will not attack her. Ah. And why? Because I am a moon elf? Because he cannot afford to lose the alliance with the Great Fear. Well, I just roll down a sleeve and flash one tattoo at her and say, you keep it in mind as well. You, uh, roll an insight check. 22. She's very surprised to see that tattoo. And she says... She points to a, a door off to the left. Arturius is in there now. I would go there. Thank you. I go in there. Okay, you go in there. Uh, the guards stand up and uh, immediately draw weapons as you enter. But Arturius sort of pats them and they, they sort of back down. Well, out of their view, I assume they're standing at the door behind me. Yes. Out of their view, I just pull my sleeve down and flash a tattoo at him. All right, well, you don't need an inside check to tell that he's surprised by that. He said... You have always been with the Great Fear, then? None of your concern. Just know that if you want to keep them happy, you need to keep me happy. Does that mean... Well, that must mean that you know, then, that you travel with an agent of the Sun. It is the Great Fear who told me. And you are not to interrupt my mission. As you wish. Excellent. I trust we will have safe passage. I turn on my heel and walk out of the room. He sort of stands there, like, almost like slack-jawed as you leave. After much debate... They finally decide to accompany Arturius Vindy to the Wood Elf Forest. You guys, get on the boat. It is a gorgeous 80-foot sailboat. It has on its sails the, uh, the, the crest of the Fendi house, which you guys have seen once before. Yeah. It is, uh, yes, it was, uh, it was on the uh, seal of the letter that invited you to the Fendi court. Ah. And it, uh, it is a, a bow made of like a, a, a thorny vine. Like, sort of a ghostly outline of, of an elven face. I know what that's Alright, so you guys get on the boat. The uh, the sails unfurl. You start uh, sailing towards land. T- sailing towards the elven forest. It is morning when you start. Um, so, you pretty quickly have to go below deck. Yep. But it seems supernaturally cool here. Below deck. Magic. Yep. Magic conditioning. Pass the day with, uh, with fine fruits and vegetables being delivered to you by uh, elves. Thanks. Can I get a rare steak? No. <laughs> uh, but they do send you uh, fine fruits and vegetables, uh, just a delightful spread of nuts and uh, all the... Uh, Fish and... No. All the best vegan food you All can the best vegan for. food you can ask for. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and, and several days pass. You do not see Arturius. No, I'm not on his door. Okay. I'm going to talk to him. You guys have uh, three separate rooms um, on the top deck that is just below the uh, surface. And uh, you find that... His door is across the aisle and takes up the entire other half of this deck. 
Gotcha. Um, and uh, it's a double door. You can see guards posted outside of it 24-7. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I need to speak to Arturus. The, the uh, guard disappears inside, comes back out, opens the door. He says, uh, just you then? Just me. Okay. He lets you in. Uh, you, you go in, you see Arturus seated, seated at a uh, large, ornate desk. Um, he seems to be uh, scribing something, but he, does, he doesn't really look up. He says, uh, Master Kadeen? Yes. I wanted to come let you know I have not seen any signs yet that uh, Jennifer is uh, contacting the Sun Elf in any way. And I was concerned about how good a city. Uh, do you happen to have any cloaks of elven kind lying around? What city will we be sneaking into? Uh, I don't know. They're into the Wood Elf territory. I have no idea. I have no reason to sneak. Well, we have reason to sneak. You know this. My recommendation would be have some cloaks available. Perhaps even actually. Uh, you do bring up a good point. Yeah. We shall take. We shall take the alternative path. The path by which no one shall suspect I will travel. And the cloaks? Your greed exceeds your utility. Persuasion check. <laughs> <laughs> Master Kadeem. Yeah? You have yet to deliver anything of value to me. <laughs> and, quite frankly, your very loyalties to my project are in question, seeing as who you travel with. Therefore, I would ask you to leave. Now, what? What is with this, Femi? What is this? I thought we were friends. <laughs> I thought we were allies. As you're getting bounced, what? I thought we were friends. <laughs> They're like dragging you out, like two, two elven bodyguards, like the butchiest elves you've ever seen. They throw you out the door. Oh, serious? What's yeah. the problem, man? I just wanted a drink. Oh, fuck them, man. I'm standing there in the hall leaning against wall like, how'd it go, Kadeem? Terribly, my friend. Aww. I don't, man. Man, we, I hope Arlino's much nicer than this Arturus guy. It seems that the druids on the boat give you uh, favorable winds constantly, and you travel quite quickly. Uh, you quickly see the looming forest on the coast in front of you. It seems the forest butts up against the very water itself. And the, the trees are, the shortest of them is 80 feet tall. And the boat travels up the river for about another hour before you begin to see a, an exquisitely built dock uh, port uh, on this on the river above the above the port is tree houses of magnificent build um, it seems they were grown from the tree itself the ground level is a is a, is a wooden platform bustling with wood elves okay this is by far the largest boat here after waiting for nightfall our heroes begin their journey through the elven forest they are pulled along the forest floor in luxurious carts pulled by large, graceful deer. After traveling for hours, one of the bodyguards climbs into the back of the cart. He says, uh, Arturus asked uh, me to request Master Varian um, enter the, uh, the tavern and, and set us up two rooms. Would that be okay? I'm going with him. I'm his bodyguard. <laughs> as yeah. long as it can be a, a... Your deception cannot be seen. You, su- you find yourself at a dull like a run-down looking two-story building. It's built next to a tree, and it seems that there are rooms up in the tree as well. There, there's a sign that says Vulgar Parrot. Door is sort of halfway off its hinges, and a light comes from the inside. Uh, walk in, uh, do a quick check to see if there's any uh, rough-looking customers. There are three customers. They are sitting at a quarter table. They're the only customers in here. They all just, like, watch you as you enter. But, yeah, you those guys look like athletes. And they sort of give you a bad feeling, uh, Ezerfell. 
sounds smells like bad food being cooked, and there's a bartender sitting at the far end of the bar as well. Uh, sitting on a stake, like beneath which is a pile of poop, is a sort of ratty-looking parrot. Okay, yeah, I just want to uh, walk up to the bar, say, uh... Bark! You hear it from behind you. <laughs> I've seen people like you before, but I had to pay the circus! Bark! Nobody in the whole place reacts at all. The bartender just completely ignores you. Bark! Like, uh, I think I know a couple of sorcerers who would like you burned. <laughs> Bark! If I needed a friend, I'd get a dog! Bark! <laughs> that's just rude. <laughs> I guess that's very appropriate for this setting. Anyway, Barky! He looks over at you, sort of, uh, and walks over reluctantly. Yeah. What? Who are you? I ain't uh, seen you in here before. The study of House Corwin. Uh, need two rooms for a small retinue. And, two uh, rooms? You got money? How much? How much you got, pretty boy? You're one bodyguard to travel with? I just stink. Um, so... Right, anyway, I intimidate the shit out of this guy with nope, a 26. 26. Uh, so he sort of straightens up a little bit. Also, perception rolls. And the three athletes that you saw, <laughs> they're not pole vaulters. <laughs> the bartender flips you two keys. Keep an eye out with me and Gideon. There's like a ninja on the roof. I pointed out to Gideon. He disappears immediately. Yeah, I'm okay. Right now. So as you turn as you turn to the door. One of the elves is uh, is standing right right next to where the door handle is, sort of not blocking the door, but there. And then the um, the other is seated still, but there's only one at the table. Remember, there was three when you walked in. Uh, the 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 guy from table stands up and sort of shuffles forward with his head down, and he says, "New in the area?" Uh, in fact, we are. You looking for a job, son? Oh, on a job currently. We could use a shifter. He nods to his boy at the door. Uh, as you sort of turn to him, and he sort of shuffles up next to you. This boy at the door at this point is sort of on your flank. Say, I'm curious. I am busy currently. Meanwhile, outside the vulgar parrot, I sneak to the tree. You sneak to the tree. You're easily able to get there as it's less than 30 feet away. Um, and you can climb up. You can see there's like a little notches there to climb. What looks like someone who's, who's just laying down with a beautiful longbow stretched aimed at the window. Yeah, I want to try to go through the door there. There's an assassin on the on the roof, my lord. Do so you got a bunch of friends, huh? We've got a few. Would you like to meet them? Nah. Tell me. Probably you... best you didn't. Well, impressive. You're new in town. If you need a job, come look for us. I'll keep it in mind. What's your name? My name's Myrtle. Myrtle of here. Uh, you guys, you guys get two rooms. You go up there, you never see Arturius. But you stay in one of the rooms, and you presume he stays in the other. As they're whiling away the hotter part of the day, their perception lags. You hear a loud start in the room across from you, uh, the room where you presume Arturius to be, and there seems to be some commotion. As you open the door, you see that the lock has recently been picked. As Jennifer throws open the door, she sees Arturius roused from bed with a knife at his back, and the monk from downstairs seated at his desk with his feet up. Myrtle says, Shanzan seeks an audience. Because you declined, he sent us to provide encouragement. Arturius says, Well, this is highly improper. You will get a century for this. And, and Myrtle just sighs sort of slowly and says, Your enslavement to the rules hinders your usefulness, Arturius. Arturius, like, lowers his voice. He looks over at you, Jennifer. You're, what's going on? Uh, Jennifer, uh, very uh, nice of you to come. But please... 
Uh, this is a meeting between old friends. He sort of nods at you. You hear a whisper Actually, from Arturius. Varian, you hear her. You hear Arturius whisper. Say nothing in front of the human girl. She's a spy. I am taking her to meet Arlena and to prove how loyal we are. You hear the, uh, a voice from the uh, from the darkness, from the shadows near near Jennifer. It says she has no protection here. Let's feed her to the trees. I said, why would you want to do that to your best friend? And I say that to the voice that just said that. <laughs> you hear Arturia say, I-, I will go to meet with Shenzang. You did not need to uh, bring all- an escort. After receiving an invitation he could not refuse, Arturius takes himself and our heroes to meet the monks of the Golden Cicada. You... Uh, are, uh, these footpaths occasionally have huge drop-offs down 80 feet. Uh, as you as you travel along, you find you're going up and up and up, and you're starting to get tired. And the forest here seems to have be even thicker, taller, more robust than the forest you were just in. Every tree that you pass through is better than the last. It's towering above the rest of the canopy, as you are now near the top of the canopy. You can see over the horizon of the canopy a towering golden tree stands 200 feet tall, clearing by at least 60 feet the tallest of the trees around it. This is the biggest biloba tree in existence. You can get a big biloba job from this thing. <laughs> Russell, where are we going? What's, what's the nice climbing? We're heading to the, the, the Jin Chanza. This is the one of the reincarnated spirits of one of the original founders of our land. I go up to him, I say, what's with the giant golden leaf? This is our uh, temple. We're gonna, are we going to be safe when we're in there? Well, it depends on how many weapons you magically form in your heads. But you eventually pass into the golden branches and continue walking uh, for a while until you get to the trunk. There's a large, flat, open area made of a flat branch. Um, and you see training out there on that are a bunch of monks. Maybe ten of them wearing uh, sort of uh, athletic, doing strikes and drills and, and uh, meditative poses. Artists, what are you doing with these food? We must uh, introduce our illustrious guest to the finest and most important people in the forest. He looks at Jennifer. The mutual distrust between Arturius and our heroes continues to grow as he avoids their questions, continues to lead them deeper and deeper into what could well be danger. You head inside, you find yourselves inside a very old, plain room, just made of gold, golden wood. Um, and it's sort of a dome. As you head inside, you see there's a wall of, like, weapons across. Like, uh, stabs and chains, these kind of weapons. An old elf, seated on the floor, uh, in, in the black robes. Just seated on the floor, pretty far from you guys. Does he have a weapon? Not, uh, no, doesn't appear to. Alright, artist, what's up? Artist like looks looks at you guys. He says, uh, "Please, I will take you to meet Mister Mister Tansa." How is this gonna help us? Of course, we are introducing um, esteemed guests. This is how politics works, my friend. Let's go talk with this guy. You're stealthy. You, the older sort of elf just sort of sits there, and the the monks that escorted you, Myrtle and the others, they sort of just disappear, fade back into the tree, and just leave you there alone with them. Is this the custodian? Uh, he, he looks at you, uh, the, the old man looks up and, and chuckles uh, with like a, like a pretty hearty chuckle, like, <laughs> no sir, and he stands up. I am uh, Jin Chanza, I am the monk that leads this temple. Oh, pleased to meet you. And he re- walks up and shakes your hand, he says, but 
it would be interesting for you to meet the custodian, I believe. He looks you up and down. Why do you say that? The custodian has a number of... And he... Uh, the, you, you know the fidgety guy that she charmed? He, yeah. He appears. He walks into the room. Um, and he sort of... For the first time... You, when you first saw him, he sort of looked unremarkable. But now when you look at him, he looks a lot like you. As they were traveling to the temple, they couldn't help but notice that this particular character was a little bit off. Walks over, he's got that twitch, and he's just a, he's kind of weird. The old monk seems to understand Varian very well. This is, this is Alethel. He, he, he has a similar background. Let me guess, maybe you were raised by your mother, perhaps an orphan? Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, so was he. You guys have a lot of comments. <laughs> Do you like seeds? Um, and he sort of looks at you, like, furtively and then looks down. We have a place for you here, Varian. Place? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We would people like, like you. We would like you and your friends to join us. Learn, learn some of our ways. Become parts of the temple, of course. Learn our ways. It seems you have a talented group of friends, but we really only care about you. Well, what do you say, Varian? Your friend doesn't love to join. My friend is uh, free to do as he pleases, but I think I'm otherwise engaged. I will keep your offering. The old man walks up to you, Jennifer. He puts his hand on your wrist. I let it. Okay. And you feel yourself uh, in a, like a ball of silence. Suddenly everything is just nothing. No voice at all. And he, how do we feel about la- Lady uh, Jennifer here? Say, she is utterly trustworthy. Arturius, he turns to Arturius. Um, Arturius uh, says, uh, she is entirely untrustworthy. Can I say, Arturius is wrong. I don't know how much his uh, one opinion carries with you versus another, but at least as I've known her, trust her more than uh, most of the people I've met. I want to say, did you know uh, the custodian personally? What's his name again? I never met him. Oh, uh, the, I think it's uh, Respin Serwin. He stammers. I disguise myself as Varian. I'm going to talk to the brother. Okay. Though Varian's newfound brother is repeatedly asked direct questions, he refuses to make eye contact and speaks as though talking to himself. All enemies must die. Why wow, the monks don't let me kill anyone. They forced me to come here and learn the password. Not rules. Bullshit. Are you a prisoner? Carmen? <laughs> so you're a, you're a prisoner here? No. I'm using it. Soon I will become more powerful than even the leader. Oh, okay, cool. It is fucking bizarre, very. Alright, well, good, good, dude. That's cool. It was really <laughs> nice <laughs> meeting you. Uh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. I, I don't leave, but Barry, I gotta go. As they leave the temple of the Golden Cicada, our heroes are even more confused about why they were summoned there to begin with. With Arturius refusing to provide answers, they venture forward towards the court of Findi. The trees get more and more ornate as you pass through and more and more finely tended. Uh, it seems that they have been grown in loving and careful patterns, and every single piece of the decor is alive. Marion, this is cool. I think Marion has been like freaking out like more and more as time has gone on, just because this is like so much more nature than his entire life. As they reach the heart of the forest, they are engulfed into the trunks of the trees themselves, which seem to grow together without a gap. It's eerily lit with like 
glowing leaves that just grow on the uh, sides of and, and ceiling and everywhere. All the people you run into are wearing long, formal robes that look super fancy and uh, notice you guys are wearing like weirdo clothes. I don't know. At long last, they reach the court of Findy and are ushered into a ceremonial room. On the front of this room is a, a large, thorny chair up on a platform in front of you. There is a like a rug before you, like a soft rug below the steps that take to the top of the platform. Arterius enters and steps up and immediately kneels onto the uh, soft cloth section. Uh, this is Arterius Fendi, member of the Fendi court, begging a audience with Arlena Fendi. Uh, as that happens, you hear like a little bit of like a trumpet sound. There's a, a guard near the back of the throne, I guess you'd call it, at the back of the room. A female wood elf. She has a, a similar bearing and elegance as Arturius. It says, rise Arturius. Uh, Arturius stands and says, uh, and I introduce you to Varian. He waves you towards the little cloth section at the foot of the stairs. Okay, yeah, I walk up to the section and, uh, hello. You just wave? Nice tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really great roots, leaves, all of it. <coughs> Arterius is like, Do you throw it okay? Do you need some help? As Varian stands obliviously on the kneeling cloth, Arterius continues his introductions. <laughs> Jennifer Leafree, mem- uh, holder of the invitation to appear today in court, and I kneel as well. Okay, so you kneel. So you're kneeling next to a standing variant. Kareem Al-Kamal? I go up there and I, je- I kneel. Israfa? Better to be honest in this court. I step forward and I drop my disguise. Okay. And I wink at the girl. Last, but certainly not least, Arturius turns to Mumu. As he says, Arturius bows deeply to you and speaks with his head down uh, in a deep bow. And he says... Muaji Morderka, and then motions you towards the kneeling cloth. Okay, I'm still disguised as a widow. All right, I go up there, I kneel, I say nothing. Arlena Fendi seems to overlook the various breaches in decorum and addresses Mumu first. Rise, uh, Lady Morderka. She steps from her chair uh, and st- strides down the stairs to to reach for your hand at the base of the stairs as she tells you, as he motions for you to stand. She shakes it with a very tender, aristocratic uh, feel, then then steps back and says, I am glad you came. Miss mm. Leafry, may I see your uh, invitation to the court? I pull out the invitation that I've been carrying these many, many months. I say I found this on the body of Darius in the ruins that were occupied by the gnome Taba. Taba. Taba the gnome. And she immediately walks over to you and takes the... As you... She's flipping through the... She's flipping through the animal. She stops immediately on the page where your father's name is mentioned. And then backs up a few pages and finds the other page. Another page in another chapter. And then opens the book. And the two pages sort of flutter out of the book. Switch places and go back in. And it looks like your father and like two other names were on the page that was misplaced in the uh, known uh, spies category. Mm. She snaps it shut. She says, do you speak for your father, Miss Leafree? Yes, I speak for the Leafree House. Then you know about our efforts? I know nothing 
about these situations. My dad is protecting me and kept me completely out of the loop. A wise decision. She looks at Arturius. Arturius is like head nodding towards you, giving her a signal. She takes your arm, Jennifer, and she walks you up the stairs towards the throne. She says, take a seat. There's only one chair here. I believe it's yours. Certainly would not decline quest for me and my I'll take a crown too. I sit down. A, a wave of magic stra- uh, washes over. You need a constitution save. You feel yourself turning into something else. It seems like it's pulling something out of you. You see your skin once again flash that golden color. You guys all see her just turn gold. Immediately, Arlena Fendi steps up, grabs your arm, and rips you out of the chair. Now that Jennifer's truth is known, how will our party react? Their entire lives they have spent fighting the Sun Elves, only to learn one of their most trusted companions is a spy. Join us next week as a plot develops and Varian meets his long-lost father. As always, you can check out our website at oppressedbysun.com where we got character bios, background, and a whole lot more. See ya!